was the 20th of December, and all through the land, people wanted to talk hockey, hockey, hockey. Yeah, I got nothing else. That was pretty Christmassy as about as I got. <laughs> I, I was wondering where that was going. I had nothing else. I just wanted to do the was the twentieth of December. I like the festive approach. I like the festive approach. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new edition of the Breakaway Bandits Podcast, part of the Sports Insanity Network. Mike, Nate, with you. First and foremost. Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus to all that celebrate. Uh, it, it is Hanukkah over. Hanukkah has passed. Oh, happy belated Hanukkah. Happy belated Hanukkah, but and just happy, happy holidays, holidays all around. Yeah, and you know what? Screw it. Happy New Year too, because this will probably be the last podcast of the year. Yeah, yeah, that is a pretty good bet with that. Yeah. All right, so tonight's episode, we're going to talk some coaches. We're going to talk all-star game changes. We have a statement address for you, and I'll talk about one of the surprise teams in the NHL. But we start with coaching changes. We'll go, I guess, from the latest one to the most recent one to the earliest one. Uh, The Ottawa Senators earlier this week Fired head coach DJ Smith after a rough start of the year for the Ottawa Senators. They have hired Jacques Martin, who was named an assistant a couple of weeks ago. He's now the interim coach. They also bring Daniel Alfredson uh, behind the bench, Ottawa Senators legend, for those who don't know. Uh, Now, Moser, when we look at the... Atlantic Division, the Ottawa Senators are in last place at 11 and 16. Uh, very disappointing start for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, and and this was a team that was, you know, all the, a lot of the talk in the offseason was about how this team was going to take the next step. Um, they had made moves that made you think that they, in their minds, that they were going to take the next step. I mean, you they added Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, you know, that's a move that you make to try to bolster a team that's already got a lot of solid talent, which they do have young talent on the team. Uh, but you know, you add Tarasenko, and uh, they also had Kubalik. Um, looking at some of the other names in here as well. Um, those are the Claude names. Giroux last year. Claude Giroux last year. Um, you know, and then and then you talk about the younger pieces, and and you know, I mean, they're impacted by this too because you know, I mean, granted, they're just starting their careers out, but you know, you're already wasting entry level contracts. I mean, you're you know, and and these guys aren't getting any younger. And I'm talking about the Tim Stetzels, and I'm talking about the Drake Bathersons and the Brady Kachucks and yeah. uh, Josh Norris, Jake Sanderson. I mean, these are all young, talented guys, and it's just not working right now. And and also, I mean, we might we talked about Tarasenko and Giroux and stuff like that. They also traded for Jacob Chikrin yeah. uh, from the Arizona Coyotes at the trade deadline or around the trade deadline last year. So I mean, that was another crucial move, too. The Tarasenko, the Chikrin, and all that, and all those moves like that, the Giroux's, they were they were buying in 
And even last year, the Alex Debrinkit, which we can't talk about him now with this team, but that yeah. that was supposed to be a significant move then. And they don't have another significant piece in Shane Pinto, who at the moment doesn't have a contract, but he's also that's such a weird situation because he, he gambled, and yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. Here's the thing about the Ottawa Senators. Last year, we could chalk it up to, okay, the goaltending was subpar. That's why they missed the playoffs. This year, they went out and spent some money on Jonas Corposalo. And listen, he's a, a good goalie. I think he's a, a good backup goalie. I don't think he's a great starter. And this is a team that you, you brought up the names. Batherson, Stutzel. The Chuck, Giroux, Tarasenko. Like, this is a team that should have went out and gotten a real number one goal. They're the team that should have pulled the trigger on a John Gibson trade. Right. Because that would have helped them in so many levels. Because this is a team, arguments like, this is a team that should never have an issue scoring three goals or more. Because they have the talent to do it. And I think this is the, the other part of this. They got new ownership coming, or new ownership is in. This was the first move made by the new ownership. Pierre Dorian, you're next up on the clock here. And I believe, actually, I think he was already removed as Steve Deos is in. Yeah. But, I mean, they're going to have to hit home run hires, both GM and head coach, because – the 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 core of this team is already here. We're not here waiting for these guys to come up and we could see where they are. We lumped this team in with two others. We lumped them in with Buffalo and we lumped them in with Detroit. Well, Detroit right now is way better. And I put the Sabres ahead of them because the Sabres understand they have a goaltender in Devin Levi where Ottawa doesn't know who their goalie is. Right. Jonas Corpusel might as well just go touring with the with the Jonas brothers. Well, I I, I almost wonder with Corpusalo if maybe the Senators were trying to get other goalies in free agency and they saw the market completely dry up for the most part and they panicked and then they just threw a lucrative contract at Corpusalo like here, he can't say no to this because this, he's probably not going to get an offer like this. And, of course, he said yes because, you know, financial and, and uh, term uh, benefits, you know. And so he took the, you know, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily what happened, but, you know, that this is just a theory, um, you know, as to how they were able to lure Corpusalo. But, you know, like I said, I mean, we, I mean, I don't remember all the goalies that were available in the offseason, but I know that, you know, it's, he was kind of one of the last names on that list where you could argue, well, maybe you want, you know, he can take that next step to be a number one, but haven't really seen it, you know, and, and it's the thing is, is that Corpusalo, he's played in uh, 18 games. He started 17 of them. He's got a record right now of six and 10 with a 3.54 goals against average and an 8.92 save percentage. Um, and the other goalie that they can turn to for any kind of relief right now is Anton Forsberg, who has played in 11 games, has started 10, and his record right now is 5-6. and six. 
with a 3.23 goals against average and a save percentage of 876. So just goaltending right now is just not just not doing it at all for them. And, and, you know, you brought up guys you could have and could have had in the offseason. And I go, you, you're right. You could have had some guys. But to me, if this was a throw-it-at-the-wall offer, five years is like that's a guy you're targeting. Yeah. Like, like to me, that was this guy's a priority guy. Because if you're throwing at a wall, it's two two years max. Well, that's the thing is that they – why didn't they do that? You I don't know. Two-year deal. It's a tr- it's like a you give them a short contract because it's a tryout. The only thing to see if it works. The only reason why I I could say that that I could see that not being the case is that if all the other offers that Corpusala was getting were long term, and so he's going to obviously go for the longer term contract. So you really kind of have your hand forced to an extent because he'll just take the longer contract, and you're just you know crap out of luck. And they probably didn't want to – they wanted to get a guy. And so they bit the bullet with that one. You, you know what, though? I, and I watched some of these guys who are backups right now, most notably Jonathan Quick because he's the Rangers' backup. But I see the way he's played, and he's played really well for the Rangers. I'm not saying he'd be great in Ottawa, but to me, like, a one-year – prove it deal and then we could talk about your long-term term future look at colorado with georgiev they took a chance on a guy then they say you know what he's pretty good we want a cup with him we're gonna give him a nice contract you can't sit there and tell me there wasn't anyone available we heard about the john gibson rumors we heard about connor hellebuck rumors and then the jets re-signed him I don't know who you were getting outbid by for Jonas Corposalo. I just don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the other teams that were in on him. Right. We, we don't and, know. And, and two, I guess in defense of Ottawa with, with, I mean, we don't know if they were trying to get Gibson or not, but with the, the whole John Gibson thing with Anaheim is like a pendulum almost because it seems like every single time it's like, it goes in one direction then it's all of a sudden in the complete opposite direction. Well, you, you know, like you hear stuff that, that Gibson, you know, might not want to be in Anaheim anymore. And, oh, no, he wants to stay in Anaheim. And then, oh, the, the Ducks might trade Gibson. And then, oh, the Ducks have no intention of getting rid of Gibson. It's like, what what is it? it why Where is this coming from? Like The Ducks have to make up their mind on what they're going to do. And I'm only using Gibson as my example. But th- there were other guys who were rumored. Carter Hart was a rumor. Right. Like, that's a guy who actually fits you timeline-wise because of where you are. I mean, I mean, you could have signed Dante Ronta if you wanted to. Look what he – he just got demoted to the AHL. That 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 was the name that I was going to bring up is, is you look to see what happened with Ronta. You know, I'm surprised no one picked him up on, on waivers. I mean, that was your opportunity to get him, and he cleared – you know, and so, you know, now, I mean, that Ottawa, sh- I mean, I, I, you probably, so what do you, you, if they were to get, you would probably have to roll with Corpusalo and Ranta then is my guess in Ottawa. Cause you'd probably have Forsberg. I mean, unless you're you doing probably- the Sabres, unless you're doing the Sabres thing and rolling three goalies, but then you have to get rid of someone else. 
but so they probably would have sent Forsberg down to the minors and then you yeah. have, uh, you know, and, and who knows? I mean, Ranta, you know, very well could have maybe could maybe take the starting job in that case, but right now that's not on the table. So. And, and here's the other thing I want to just bring up. Jacques Martin, this is his second stint in Ottawa, but he's also not going to be the long-term answer. Right. You know, here's a guy who's probably mid seventies, early seventies. Oh, I'm guessing. Um, I might be totally off, but well, according to Wikipedia, which take that with a grain of salt, um, says he's seventy one. Okay, so he's seventy one. He'll finish out this season, but again, new ownership is probably gonna dictate how this goes. And they're going to find the head coach that they feel could sustain this team for a long period of time. And, and I'm I'm curious whether this was – sorry to cut you off. I'm curious oh, if, this, if this maybe was a little bit of like a PR move where it's like, oh, Jacques Martin, you know, he he's beloved in Ottawa. He was here for a long time. I mean, this is a guy who was the coach there from 1996 to 2004. So everyone knew who he was. They had some pretty good success with him. He's not just some guy. Like they, he, they. This was. This seems a little calculated, in my opinion, by bringing him back of anybody. Well, I think it's interesting about how they did it because they named him an assistant coach, and then they decided, you know what, enough is enough. You're now going to be the head coach. Like he was there in waiting, kind of like a shadow for DJ Smith, and then he he takes over. Was Steos the one who brought him in? That wasn't Dorian, right? No, it was Steos because they brought him in probably a week before the fire. Yeah. But again, I don't think Steos makes that move without the consent of ownership. Oh, you're saying that Jacques Martin Martin came in before, like a week before DJ Smith got fired? Right. Like they brought him in, named him in an so assistant he was, randomly, but so he they knew his, they were going to fire DJ so Smith. He was training training his replacement, essentially. Yeah. I mean, the, the, there are two parts to this. The first part is, though, I love that Daniel Alfredson's behind the bench. I do too. To bring that up like five years ago to Sens fans that this yeah. would eventually happen because he he and the Sens organization at one point just were at odds, not at odds, not not no good, not on friendly terms. Yeah, I mean, so so that's a good sign. The other thing I want to bring up is this: Jacques Martin's in. We talked about the the, the club itself. And the talent they have. So there's two parts of this that I want to hit on. One, are you going to hire a head coach next year? One, who's not Jacques Martin with experience. And two, what are you looking for in that coach? But third and most importantly, are we going to have to start looking into the room in Ottawa and say maybe, okay, we might have to get rid of one of these younger skilled guys because it's not working with this group. And we've given it some time. Right. So, um, who, who do you think? I mean, I mean, and there's names out there and there'll be more names before this 
this is obviously this gets decided because more coaches will be let go or whatever, especially when the season's over. But, um, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm wondering about a, a Gerard Gallant or I'm wondering about a Bruce Boudreaux or, I mean, look, he, this we could go with a guy who was already in Canada anyway and can just move to the eastern, more eastern part of Canada and Jay Woodcroft. I would stick in Canada, but I'm going to go off the board. And and this is only if he wants the job. Claude Julian. Okay. If Claude Julian wants that job, I would give it to Claude Julian. He's been I, I he's been out of the league for a little while now, which is I know weird because he's been in the league for so he was in the league for so long. Well, he also was having health issues, wasn't he? He was having some health issues. So if he wants the job or he could take the job, he'd be the guy I would look at. I think he's a guy. He screams defense. And he won a Stanley Cup with Tim Thomas. And no offense to Tim Thomas. He wasn't a great goaltender. But he had a good team around him. Ottawa, we like... I don't know about you. I like their roster. Yeah. But, you know, if that's not the guy, maybe a Craig Berube makes sense. We'll oh, yeah. In a minute. I, yeah. Which we'll get to him in a minute, yeah. Yeah, like he makes sense. See, to me, my one... And we talked about you talked about Gerard Glant to the Sabres earlier. My one thing on Gerard Glant is this: like he's not a system guy. Like he is kind of a bend don't break defensive coach, and offensively we're going to go and attack. This team doesn't have an issue with uh, going on the attack offensively. Their issue is you read the numbers of both goaltenders. Both save percentages are under nine hundred. Both goals against averages are over three. That's not good good enough at the moment. Right. So you need a guy who's going to help them fix the goaltending, and you need a guy who's going to help them fix them defensively. To me, that screams Claude Julien if he wants the job. Yeah, I'm curious if he would step back on the bench. If not, there are a couple of junior coaches I, I would look at. Mark Savard's done great things in junior hockey as a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, so and that'd, be he, great, and that'd be a great story for him after everything he's been ever after everything yeah. he went through as a player. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know who the hot assistant would be at the moment, and I don't think they want to get, make Daniel Alfredson the coach because now nah, knock on Daniel Alfredson. I wouldn't want him to be the coach at this moment either because he's never had the experience. Well, I mean, he, yeah, no, he he's getting the experience he needs right now by just being an assistant coach behind the bench. Yeah. He's getting that opportunity that maybe will eventually blossom into a head coaching role. But right now, I mean, he needs to learn what it's like to be an assistant bench boss in that regard. Yeah. All right. So that, that's coaching vacancy number one coaching vacancy number two the aforementioned craig baruby was let go by the st louis blues last week and replaced by drew bannister of springfield in the american hockey league i think it's uh, their affiliate i'd have to look it's a springfield 
something birds. Isn't it like the Springfield Falcons? Something like that. St. Louis Blues. Better than the Atlanta Falcons. Mr. Okay. Real time. Um, in 2020, after the Rampage were sold, this was because he was originally with the San Antonio Rampage in the AHL uh, and moved to Southern Nevada. Bannister became head coach of the New Blues affiliate in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. So, so on, and then obviously on the 12th of December, Bannister was named interim head coach of the Blues. Now, now look, we, we can. We will talk more about the Blues as they will be the subject of tonight's statement address. But my my thing on this one, Nate, was this is a team I look at and I go, I didn't have high expectations of the Blues this year because I think their window isn't closed, but I think their window is something that they need to change. Yeah. Because I feel like this team still thinks it could compete. And if you look at the Western Conference, look at their own division. They're not better than the Avs. This is before the firing. They're not better than the Avs. They're definitely not better than the Dallas Stars. And they're not better than Winnipeg. And at the moment, I don't know if they're better than Nashville or Minnesota. And heck, they're on at the moment. They are one point ahead of Minnesota. They're not uh, ten points up on Chicago. They're three points behind the Arizona Coyotes in the standings. Wow! So this is a team that should have just said, "You know what? We won in nineteen. It's a good fan base." Let's scale back a little bit. Let's accumulate some young talent because at the trade deadline last year, you traded Ryan O'Reilly. You traded Vladimir Tarasenko. And what you're saying is you're getting rid of the expiring deals, but at the same time, it's like it's still going to be the same nucleus of guys. The, the Kyers and Thomases are young players, but I still got Braden Shen there. Uh, I still got a, a Justin Falk here. I still rely on Jordan Bennington, who, if you listen to this podcast, I don't trust Jordan Bennington at all. Well, and then you look at the one move they made, like, well, I got one of the moves they made in the offseason, and it was Kevin Hayes. Yeah. That's, that's adding another – I mean, I think they were bringing – I don't know if they were bringing Hayes into, like – fill the O'Reilly position, but like, I mean, it's like, it's like an all right move, but it's just like, it's, it's not really moving the needle at all. It just doesn't make, to me, it's one that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. It didn't make sense then. And it doesn't make sense now. Like it hasn't aged well at all. It's signing Kevin Hayes or uh, trading for Kevin Hayes. You know, and, and look, Ryan O'Reilly was a great player. Is a great player. He was a great leader there. When you signal to me 
when after they won the cup and Alex Petrangelo leaves for Vegas, my mind goes to okay, Petrangelo's gone. Decor's still pretty good because they added a Tory Krug. But this team just they kind of I'm going to put them in the same category as two teams here for a second. They feel like the Penguins. The Kevin Hayes move is the Eric Carlson move. We believe we could still compete as long as we have these guys that we believe in. Now, they're a little bit different to the Penguins because Robert Thomas, Drew, and Kyrie are younger players. Right. But the concept is still the same. And the other thing is, they're like the old San Jose Sharks, where they're still gr- trying to grasp on to believing they can win again, where they're really not competing. Like, we just listed off their own division. But if you go through the Western Conference, they're not better than Vegas. No. I mean, the, they're, the Oilers are better than them just by having McDavid and Dreisaitl. And the, the L.A. Kings are better. Vancouver's got younger talent. Like I don't see this as a Craig Berube problem. I see this more as a Doug Armstrong problem. And firing Berube was just Armstrong's way of... Saying, it's not my fault. Yeah. But but even so, it's like, the ro- we think the roster's good enough. We'll dive into it a little bit later when we do the statement address, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm blue on the blues, man. Makes sense. You know what? Shout out old school. You're my boy, blue. Yeah. All right. The third one, and we'll stay in the central division, the Minnesota Wild fired head coach Dean Evison and have hired former Devil and Predators head coach John Hines. And the Wild have actually been playing pretty good hockey recently. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 and just beat the Bruins last night. So they've responded to the coaching change. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, obviously when you look at the roster, you know, you, you the for the Minnesota Wild, the first guy you think of is Kirill Kaprizov. Um He's almost a point-per-game player right now. He's played in 30 games as of us recording this podcast, 10 goals, 17 assists for 27 points. Uh, Zuccarello is actually leading in points right now with 28. He only has six goals but has 22 assists in 28 games. Uh, Joel Erickson-Eck, obviously a great player. Uh, Marco Rossi, it's finally good to see him, you know, kind of grow a little bit as a younger player. Um Play, uh, played in 30 games, 10 goals, 8 assists for 18 points. Matt Boldy. Boldy um, has really played well since the coaching change. Boldy? Boldy. Yeah. And, and I know he doesn't have a whole ton of points, but veteran leadership-wise and cup-winning experience-wise, Pat Maroon's a nice add yep. you know, on the team. He only has three goals and nine assists for 12 points, but he's playing 30 games, and you know that he's making a significant difference in that locker room. Yeah, and, you know, they need to get a little bit more speed on the back end. They have a kid named Brock Faber who has played really, really well. And 
unlike the team we mentioned at the top with Ottawa, Minnesota's got two reliable goalies in Philip Gustafson and Mark andre Fleury. So it must be really nice to be able to turn to a future Hall of Famer and say, hey, you're you're kind of the backup here in this role. Yeah, really. So I mean, certainly, there's certainly not a lot of situations like that. And you mentioned Zuccarello. They're going to be down him for about a – he's week to week with a lower body injury is what I've read. Yeah. So, Matt, I still love you, buddy. But, look, those are the three coaching changes. You know, I, I so far – I mean, I don't know if there's another one coming this year. There probably will be since how we're in December. Yeah, I mean, obviously um... – you know, we had the Oilers one before with Jay Woodcroft and stuff like that. And um, we'll, we'll see when there's another one. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's always a point in time where during the season where it's like you get so far into it and then it's just like, all right, well, we're, we're almost at the end of the road here anyway. So we'll just wait until season's actually over. I mean, pr- I mean, I, I I, I don't know how many more we'll see. I mean, I guess you never know, but I, I would have to think that there would have to be some like monumental collapse of some sort by a team in order to maybe get uh, the next coach fired. So yeah, I, I mean, you look at the standings. A lot of this is first, first or second year coaches. Um, I mean the the only one. Because Columbus isn't going to fire this Pasco Vincent guy because of the whole Babcock situation um, is why he's taking over in the first place. But I think the only other one you could see, you know, we've talked about Granado. I, I just, I don't think he gets fired in season unless something dramatic really happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he even gets fired in the off season. He yeah. might get another year, but we'll, who knows? I, I think we we'll, try to speculate on that because it seems like I, I always sim, sim, somehow managed to get that wrong. Uh, you never know what could happen, but I think the most interesting one, and I only say this because I don't say this just because they're currently out of a playoff spot, but if the Penguins miss the playoffs, what is the status of Mike Sullivan? And I mean, and the thing is, is that Sullivan's been there a long time. Yeah, he's been there always. I mean, as long as I can remember. Um, I mean, he won both cups, right? And I mean, that was the thing too. Is like with the Penguins, you had, you know, obviously they won that, they won the cup in '09 with Dan Bylsma. Um, you know, and then so they had Bylsma for a little while, and then Bylsma was gone. Um, they had like it was something Johnston or something like that. They had, Mike they had Johnston. Yeah, they had a they had him in in between Bilesma, and then eventually they got Sullivan, and then Sullivan obviously helped them get the other two cups oh, as the head coach there. Um, but, this, but this is a team they doubled down in the off season on this veteran group. You know, so that they're gonna have to. It's gonna be interesting to see how. If they miss the playoffs, what happens there with Mike Sullivan and the roster? Kyle Dubas could have a very interesting summer. Now, I'm not saying the Penguins are out of it by any means. I'm just saying what if. Well, and the thing is, too, is that you have the whole aspect, which we've talked about before, where it's like, well, you know, we have Crosby and Malkin and Latang, and they all want to retire. 
I'm guessing at the same time. Yeah. You know, they 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 want and as long as those three are there, they want to keep gunning for a championship. Similar to Ovechkin in Washington, they they don't want to start a rebuild until they're you know, Ovechkin and Crosby probably don't want to be part of rebuilds. They want to be gunning for a cup as many times as possible before they hang the skates up and they're done for their careers. So they, they're not interested in any rebuild or anything like that. That's That has to wait until they're gone. Yep. So we'll wait and see on what happens there. Next on the agenda, All-Star Game Fun. We are bringing back the fantasy draft for the NHL All-Star Game. And you know what? I like this so much better than just the divisions. Let's have some fun with this. I I do too. I I I mean they the NHL for those who don't know, they did this before for a couple years. Uh it might have been like 2009, 2010, 2011, something like that, 2012 uh that they did this before and I mean you had the whole thing where it was I don't know if it would necessarily was a meme, but you saw you know, they do the draft and, and Phil Kessel was the guy who got picked last the one year. So he won, he <laughs> won a car, um, which was funny. And uh, that, I mean, that was a cool thing, too. You know, the fact that he was, you know, they had like a cool, fun thing with it. But um, I remember that. I remember one year, I think it was like Team Lidstrom versus Team Alfredson or something like that. And I, I remember... Uh, that was the year that Pominville, uh I think this was 2012. It's when Pominville was doing really well. And Alfredson made some comment about how he, like, something, some comment basically about, like, Pominville, because I know Pominville burned Alfredson in, like, a playoff series or something like that, like some overtime, like an overtime goal or something like that. But, um, but Alfredson's like, oh, I'm going to – like he kind of made a joke about it. Like, oh, I can't believe I'm like going to add this guy onto my team, but Jason Pominville. So, um, but yeah, different different memories from, from that time, uh, watching those all-star games and doing those drafts the first time. Sign me, up for, sign me up for Team McDavid versus Team Eichel or Team McDavid against Team McKinnon. Or t- or Team McDavid versus Team Matthews. Yeah, like stuff like oh, games in Toronto next this year, so that makes sense, right? So, you know, I I like it. Let's have more fun with this. I I get everyone likes the division and the representation of it, but I I think it's kind of bland. Yeah, I do too. It's kind of also why I hate the Pro Bowl. Even though the Pro Bowl is the worst All Star game in the history of All Star games. Well, and the thing is, is that like with the draft, it's like, wow, uh, McDavid or not McDavid. McDavid uh, doesn't take Drysital in the draft. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. some fun. There's like some fun drama with it, or like you have Matthews and like Matthews selects. I, I don't know. I we'll just go with we'll just go with dry sidle. I like like it's and, like wow and, like and McDavid I, responds by taking William Nylander. Well it's like but the, yeah, so like there's the drama with that, but then there's also like if like Matthews took like McKinnon, it's like wow, like we're gonna have a line of Matthews and McKinnon. That like we never would have thought of that one because they're like not in the same conference. 
So, like, that would be like a once in a lifetime. Hey, that's fun. He, he, how about this one? Austin Matthews selects Brad Marchand, and then City of Toronto just goes, Why would you do it? Or, or uh, yeah, the Matthews selects Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> McDavid just goes, I'm, Yeah, I'm not going to take anyone from Calgary. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, really. Uh, uh, that's, that's all the fun. That's all the yeah. fun. Of it. It's fun drama, and then you know, and then obviously you get to see cool matchups. That if you did it in the regular Eastern Conference, Western Conference of the division style, you don't get McKinnon playing with Matthews or McDavid playing with Posternock. Yeah, you know. So yeah, no, it, it's fun. The these leagues always talk about these games being for the fans. Yeah. This is so much more for the fans uh, than it is uh, anyone else. But I, I will say this. Um, I don't want to get into a, a big thing on this. Uh, but I, I've seen some people comment about these teams on uh, nights where they wear the pride jerseys because now it's a, a choice. And if the league wants to make this hockey is for everybody, their legitimate saying, then everybody needs to participate in these kinds of nights. Yeah. Because otherwise, all you're doing is you're giving in to the hate, and that is something as human beings we don't want to do. So. Well, yeah, and, and, and with the NHL, it's like if you're going to talk the talk by saying that hockey is for everyone, you need to walk the walk. And if you're Gary Bettman, you got to grow a couple of inches and say something. I, yeah, so didn't want to make that a big thing. Just wanted to put it out there. Yeah, right, right, exactly. All right, we got some Caps news we'll talk about next. They've signed defenseman Ethan Bear. Is that a PTO or was that a one-year deal? Um, well, it's it, as far as I know, and and it, this just happened today. So it did happen see. today. Uh, let me see here, Washington Post five hours ago. Um, Bear twenty. Okay, so this is from. Bailey Johnson with the Washington Post. Uh, Bear, 26, has been recovering from a shoulder injury that he suffered while playing for Canada at the World Championships in May. Um, he hasn't officially signed with the Caps yet. The team said it expects to sign him at a later date. But for all intents and purposes, Bear is now a member of the Capitals and will continue his rehabilitation with the team. So I don't know if it's really been said how – I mean, my guess is it's probably a one-year deal, but we'll actually find out um, when, you know, that news actually breaks. But that's what I saw. I saw the Capitals PR tweet basically saying, yeah, we, we have Bear, and Bear's going to be with the team. I, I don't know if this is like the practice facility. Obviously rehabbing – and everything like that, but um, he's not he's a Hershey not, bear. He's not signed yet until he passes his physical. Okay, you just brought up a very crucial part, though. <laughs> he's got to play at least one game with the Hershey Bears. Yes, I, I, he has I, to. 
he has to go, go do a conditioning stint as part of his rehab. He probably there. has to. So um, that's he might. Of- He's a bear on the Hershey Bears. And by the way, the Caps right now are in the second wild card spot in the East. That's interesting. That's interesting too, because we, I mean, we kind of thought they were going to be another team that was going to really take a step backwards this this upcoming, you know, this season. Yeah, so they're, they're one point ahead of the Lightning for that second wild card spot. That's interesting. That really Otherwise, is. I still think the Lightning will get in, but it'd be um, weird if the Lightning didn't. Yeah. Oh, please. ESPN Greg Wyshynski had on his trade deadline article the other day the likelihood of a Steven Stamkos trade, and I just didn't want to read it. Oh, yeah, because we had the whole Stamkos watch back in 2016. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, I it. there were people that seemed to think that there's a little bit more weight to this one as a, to him possibly leaving as opposed to last time, where last time it was just he wanted to see what everyone's offers was. He just wanted to test things out. I get, I get, and and I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to, you know, you know, say anything that's not true. But from what it sounded like, from what I could, uh, you know, interpret from this whole thing, is it sounds like Stamkos is kind of mad at the Lightning. Uh, I think they wanted. I think he wanted the contract to already be done. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that, and I it didn't. You, we'd have to double check this, but didn't. Like Breezebois basically say we're not gonna sign this during the season. Uh you'd have to double check that, but probably. Listen, I wouldn't be shocked if they did with him what Colorado wound up doing Landis Gog. You know, I mean, when Landis, he, but Landis Gog was hurt. No, no, no. I mean when Landis Gog wound up re became a free agent. Or right before oh, yeah. free agency, oh, yeah. didn't, didn't we do the podcast the day before? We that got show? we we got off the podcast that Elliot Friedman had the tweet, and we we didn't say anything negative about Elliot Friedman. Shout out Elliot Friedman. Yeah. Anyone, I didn't best. mean to insult Greg Wyshynski, so shout out Greg Wyshynski as well. If you want to hop on Greg to the podcast, you're more than welcome. Same thing with Elliot. Yeah, same thing with you, Elliot. Um. Yeah, you know what'll happen now? It's it's December twentieth. December twenty first is gonna hit, and immediately Stamkos is gonna extension. Yeah, Stamkos is gonna have a new contract. There, and Bruce Boss is gonna be like, yeah, you know, I just had this strange feeling last night at eleven o four, eleven o five p.m. to get Stamkos done. Eastern time. I figured I'd give him an early Christmas gift. All right. Yeah. Uh but. Ethan Bear was not the only Caps news. The Capitals are going to have a new arena in Alexandria. Alexandria, Virginia, yeah. Alex, uh, I thought Alexandria, Egypt, but that's a whole other con- conversation. No. But Virginia, the Caps, and the Wizards are both moving that direction. And and one thing that I, I am wondering here from a, someone who lives in the D.C. area – you know, I live in, I mean, I live in Virginia, so uh, not, not too far from where they're going to be putting this thing. Um, and I, I mean, it, it's basically, I mean, like I imagine this was like a battle between, I mean, I don't know if Maryland was involved with this, but like 
you know, DC wanting to keep the caps and the wizards around. And then, you know, obviously Virginia wanted it and is going to get it. So it's like, you know, I don't know if Maryland was involved. It's like the tri-state area is just battling over who gets the caps and the wizards. And now <clears throat> here's the thing on DC's point of view with this is you just lost the, the caps and the wizards to Virginia. So what do you have to do now to switch sports for a brief moment? You got to go get the commanders back. <laughs> you have to you have to bring the Washington Commanders back to DC cuz they they need a new place to go. They're in FedEx Field right now and that place is kind of falling apart. So wouldn't be the worst time to go uh go get the football team and bring it over to DC. You might not have hockey, you might not have basketball anymore, but you can, you know, make things better and get the football team. And you still have the nationals. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. I can't, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I know they look, I mean, the Nats won the world series in 2019. So yeah, DC had their nice little run with championships. They had the Caps in 2018, and they had the Nationals in 2019. And then it was all downhill from there. Yeah, and then Juan Soto left, became a Padre, and then now is a Yankee. Uh, don't, 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 don't. We're getting all the sports today. Go play some golf or tennis or something. Shout out golf and tennis. <laughs> We're getting everything out in the open. All right. The caps. Yeah, so, but from but from what I understand with this uh, with the caps, I think I saw it, it that they would be this new arena or whatever would open and they would start playing in like 2028. Okay. So I mean, we got like five years. Five until years at Capital One. Um, I mean, to put things in perspective, the Buffalo Bills football stadium is supposed to be done, I think, in 2026. So that's that's got a few years left to go. So I mean, then that's two years later we'll have the caps one. So. Um, but yeah, yeah, some big news and good for the caps and the wizards because, you know, now that they're going to have this arena, that, that they have this arena de deal under their belts, you know, I mean, not that they were really in, people thought that they were going to leave, but you know, you have long-term, um, stability yeah. now that you have, uh, some money and plans in place to, um, you know, Do stick around in the area with the new arena. So. Yeah, so good for the. What's amazing to me is the Wizards can't just make their own arena. You're a wizard, create it with magic. If that didn't get to people, sure. I, I apologize. Sure. All right. All right. Listen, we're having fun tonight. Oh, we are. Yeah, we absolutely are. It's, it's 11 o'clock. It's, it's the holidays. The holidays. All right. Speaking of the holidays. I'm going to spread some holiday jeer in a minute when I do the statement address. I wanted to give some cheer. And I, I can't believe I'm doing this because I'm giving credit to a team I don't necessarily like. No, actually, you might want to edit that part. Yeah. Um, I, I got to give credit where it's due because we're 31 games into the season. It's no longer a blip. It's a real thing. 
the Philadelphia Flyers are 18, 10, and 3. They're currently second place in the Metropolitan Division. We we've heard Danny Breer, Keith Jones talk about a rebuild. This team's playing really well under Torrance, and I wanted to give them their flowers. The young players are playing really well. Owen Tippett, who scored the OTGWG. By the way, great call by Jim Jackson for NBC Sports Philadelphia last night. OT with the game winner in OT for Owen Tippett. He's been really good. Konechny, who we've talked about trading, has been really good. Sean Couturier, who's healthy this year, it's great for them. Yeah, it's he's great got to 21 see points actually, in 29 games. It's great to see him actually back on the ice and actually yeah. being on the team. And you know what? Carter Hart's been really good. Carter Hart is 9-6-1 with a 2-4-2 goals against and a 9-19 save percentage. He's played well. This is not a bad hockey team by any stretch of the imagination. Hmm. They they get themselves into trouble sometimes when they take penalties or, or they do some things. But Torts has them in the right direction. And I give Torts a lot of credit because – you read a lot of these Jack Adams trophy trackers and they'll put Rick Tockett at the top. I'm putting torts there. Well, here's the thing too, is that with, with and, and I, I want to give torts a lot of credit just because of how long he has been able to do this. I mean, he's been all over the league. You know, but you know, between I mean, you know, winning the Stanley Cup as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then being the coach of the New York Rangers for a while, and then that short stint in Vancouver when he and then got into uh, that whole thing with the Calgary Flames locker room. Which oh we, my God! Yeah, which we won't, which we won't talk about. Um, but yeah, he had a short stint in, uh, with the Canucks, and then you know, obviously his his time in Columbus and. I mean, he, it's in, in every single, I mean, there's the players that don't like him. And then there's the players that appreciate how he is and how he acts because it brings the best out of them. And I mean, the, he deserves credit just for being able to be, to do it for this long and to be this impactful for this long, you know, it's, it's a credit to him I'm sure there's some adapting there that's had to take place. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, it's almost going to be 20 years since he won the cup in Tampa. You know, that's it. You need to adapt on some level in order to stay in this league this long. Uh, He deserves credit. Lindy Ruff deserves credit for, you know, with the devils and everything like that. I mean, he was in Buffalo forever and then, you know, Dallas for a brief stop. And then obviously, you know, but he's been in the league for a while. I mean, Trotz was in the league for a while. Uh, now he's a GM, but GM. yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean. Peter Laviolette. Laviolette. Yeah. That's another one. You know, the, 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 these other, co- these other like younger guys aren't getting the opportunities because guys like Laviolette, Ruff and, um, you know, torts, they keep getting other opportunities. Yeah. So, I, I want, go ahead. 
Oh no, I was going to say that's a credit to them for yeah, being able to stay this long. Yeah, I just want we we all thought. Listen, the Flyers said they were going to go through a rebuild or retool. They played well. Wanted to give Torts his flowers. So, uh, shout out Torts. He's also mellowed out. It also might be because he's not dealing with Larry Brooks, but that's a whole other conversation. He also, I mean, he's also probably real. I mean, he also knows that everyone got a kick out of him, you know, in Vancouver. Well, they had like, well, no, they had like a, I think that, I mean, I've seen on YouTube, they have like the TSN top 10, like towards moments. And I, he know, I think they interviewed, I think it was like James Duffy, like James Duffy. And he's like, and Torts is like, I know you guys like get a kick out of it, like me. They he do knows. it all. He know, yeah, he know, he knows that it's. He knows he's a shtick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, the Flyers are playing well, so I wanted to give them their due. All right, statement address time. Right, that's last on the agenda. That's last on the agenda. Last on the agenda. All right, St. Louis Blues, we're going to start talking to you. You sit at a record of 15-15-1. Right now, that puts you three points out of the last wild card spot tied with the Calgary Flames. If I'm you, St. Louis, I don't want to make the playoffs, but we'll we'll get into this. The Blues average 2.96 goals per game. That's 24th in the league. Power play 9.20%. That's last in the league. PK 79.8%, 19th. Like we said, Craig Berube out, Drew Bannister in. Before we get to the offseason uh, in season stuff and the offseason stuff, Drew Bannister, I don't think he's the long term coach of this team. I wasn't expecting that either. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that right now. And Nate, you brought up, I think, the perfect name to replace him if we're going to kind of retool this thing, and that would be Jay Woodcroft. Okay. I think this is the team where Jay Woodcroft could come in, kind of get them to play his style, and I think that could work. So the leading scorers for the the Blues, Robert Thomas, 12 goals, 32 points. Pavel Buchnevich, Ranger legend, 10 goals, 23 points. Jordan Kyrou, 6 goals, 21 points, and is a minus – I believe that's a four, but if I can't read my own handwriting, what good is that? So I'm going to quickly make sure I wrote that right. Do, 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 do. Oh, it's a minus five now. So it was minus four, now it's minus five. That's according to ESPN. And joining Biddington 10, 9, and 1 with 3.05 goals against and a 9.08 save percentage. If you listen to the podcast, I'm not a Jordan Biddington fan. All right, so Braden Shen, who is their captain, um, Pavel Buchnevich, Brandon Saad, Kevin Hayes, all those forwards, no trade clauses. They all have them. Jordan Kyrie, Robert Thomas, they just signed extensions for 8.125 mil each. They don't have no trade clauses, which I think is weird. Is but weird. we'll get into that in a second. Then we go to the back end. Justin Falk, Tory Krug, Colt Perenko, they all make six and a half mil. Krug and Falk through 2027-28. Pareko through 2030. Also, no trade clauses. And Jordan Bington makes six million a year through 2027-28. All right, so I'm going to start with the trade deadline, and I'm starting with a banger. 
Tory Crew, Justin Falk, they each make 6.5 through 2027, 20, 28. One of them's got to go. Yeah. So I'm going to send one of them. And Nate is not going to like where I'm. Actually, you might like this. Will either Tory Kruger, Justin Falk go to the Tampa Bay Lightning? Okay. Now, now there will be parts to this deal. The Blues get back a 2024 third, a 2026 first round pick because the Lightning don't have a first rounder for the next couple of years because of the Tanner Janot deal. And then Ethan Gauthier, who's currently playing in the Quebec Major Junior League for Tampa Bay. And here's the kicker, because the lightning up on the cap. We're going to go to the Arizona Coyotes, because they love to be this team. And we're going to give them 50% of Kruger, Falk, whichever one they is going. And they're going to get a 2024 second-round pick, a 2024 third-round pick, and a 2025 <laughs> second-round pick, Kazuntai. Thank you. So... The Coyotes, for taking on half the deal, will get three draft picks because that's how the Coyotes roll. So that's the three-team deal. I think that's a pretty good one. Uh, Jake Vrana, who has been put on the restricted list or sent to the minors, whatever the reason may be, we're going to get rid of him. We're going to trade him to Vancouver. And we're going to bring in Andre Kizmenko, who's kind of in the same boat as him. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I think straight up you can make that deal work. And, and then we're going to get into to the one of those guys who I mentioned, no trade clause. I love Brandon Saad. He's a good hockey player. Scores a lot of goals. If I'm getting younger, I'm moving Brandon Saad. I can't move Shem for his leadership. I can't move Buchnevich. I think he's played too well. I'm going to trade Brandon Saad to a team that needs goal scoring. Lula Amarillo, you're lucky I'm a nice guy. <laughs> Brandon Saad to the New York Islanders for Oliver Wallstrom and a 2025 second-round pick. Ooh, okay. And I'm adding the pick in because the Blues could retain some money uh, on Sod. So that's just a trade deadline. And then we go to the offseason. I brought up Kuzmenko. You could bring him back, but you can also look at a guy like Anthony Mantha or Kevin LeBanc. I think those two guys hitting their prime, they could be a fit for the Blues in the offseason. And I just mentioned, you know, I don't believe in Jordan Bennington, so we're going to add a goalie here. And there were two, Nate, that stood out free agency. I'm not going to make a trade for a goalie because I don't think a young goalie exists on the trade market. But I'm not looking for a guy to be the number one. I'm looking for a guy who could take pressure off Jordan Bennington. Casey DeSmith, who's playing really well right now for Vancouver, or if you want to go younger, how about Ilya Samsonov? Okay. I mean, if it doesn't work in Toronto, and who knows? Joseph Wall played pretty well before he got hurt. 
Samsonov or DeSmith make a lot of sense. They could compete with Bennington and kind of give them the Villiuso treatment. And then, again, I got rid of Krug or, or, or Falk, whichever one they want to. Bring in a guy like Gus Forsling to help the offense from the back end. I think that would be something to help the Blues a little bit. This isn't full-fledged rebuild, but you need to get some youth into this lineup and inject some energy to match right. Thomas and Cairo. And I think if you bring in a Gus Forsling, guy who's won, Oliver Wallstrom's been to the Eastern Conference Finals with the Islanders. You know? You You're bringing gotta experience. Your, yeah, you, you got to make some some critical decisions here if you're, you're uh, Doug Armstrong. But, you know, that, that's what I've got for the Blues. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're they're in an interesting spot for sure. Um, you know, I, I mean, when it, you mentioned about the defense and trying to get rid of, like, Justin Falk or Tori Krug, I mean – uh, and I and while you were talking, I looked up Falk's contract, and I mean Falk's contract doesn't end anytime soon either. No, um, they I, both signed through twenty twenty seven twenty eight. For some reason, I thought Falk's only had like maybe like a year or two left on his deal, but yeah, no, because obviously if Falk only had like a couple more years left, that's the guy you're going to be able to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because Krug Krug is tied in I think longer. If I'm not mistaken, um, according to Spot Track, um, Justin Falk, uh, his he's going to basically be signed until 2027. We can look at um, Krug real quick. Yeah, it's the same thing. Would you also say Falk and Kruger kind of the same player? Um, I Both I can more offensive defensemen, not big guys. Yeah, the only difference really is just the fact that they had their diff, you know, they have their different hands for the well, yeah, you one's know, right handed <laughs> ones left, but yeah, the play, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, no, I I, I get you. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the Blues, the, the one thing about them that, that I think kind of makes them maybe a little reluctant to do this is you look at the bottom of the Central and you look at Chicago, Arizona. I'm not sure what Nashville's plans are, but they have a lot of picks coming to them and they've got some good players. But St. Louis and Minnesota are the same team to me. But Minnesota, I trust a little bit more to make the playoffs. But I don't think they're as good as Winnipeg, Dallas, or Colorado. Right. So. Yeah, well, we'll have to see what happens with the Blues. We will. Then. We, we, we will see what happens with the Blues, and we will start singing the Blues. Yeah. But. That'll Don't be- have a blue Christmas. <laughs> Blues Clues Christmas. No, well, I know I was more referring to the Elvis song, but yeah, no. I-, I was referring to Blue Moon the beer. 
Oh, Blue Moon's good. Blue Moon is really good. All right. That'll do it for this edition of Breakaway Bandits podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. Check out this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com for great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. For Nate Moser, I'm Mike Griffin. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Breakaway Bandits podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year. And we'll be back with you next year to talk more hockey. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. We love you.